This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. You looking to sell your home? At realestateagentsitrust.com, our goal is to ease the stress of home selling by helping you sell your home as quickly as possible at the best price possible. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I want to thank you. In just the last few months, thousands of Blaze Radio listeners just like you have contacted our agents. So if you're thinking of selling your home or if you want help buying a home, go to realestateagentsitrust.com and let our individually selected agents earn your business. realestateagentsitrust.com Thompson and Skip McComb, pinch hitting for Pat and Stu today. Thanks so much for joining us. We're regularly heard on the Blaze Radio Network. You can check us out by going to theblaze.com slash doc and listen to our show on demand. Lots of stuff to get to today, but probably the overshadowing biggest news from last weekend was, of course, the passing of Justice Anthony Scalia. Antonin Scalia. I just want to say Anthony. Antonin Scalia. It's okay. Most people get that wrong, though. It's okay. Yeah. Um, this has so many moving parts and pieces and we're going to dive into what it probably means to you. Uh, you know it's bad. There's, there's, there's nothing really good that comes of this. Uh, but there's a lot of moving pieces, different varying degrees of bad. Do you disagree? Is there anything good that can come of this? I uh, know absolutely no good comes out of this. I mean, obviously, uh, Scalia was a, a, a staunch uh, uh, conservative, had been on the court, and actually been one of the good guys for a long time. So absolutely nothing good comes of this, especially considering, too, this is going to be the third nomination for President Obama. Gets another progressive out on the court, which, of course, is not good. It's been 5-4 for a while now. This is definitely going to, uh, to tip the balances on, on the Supreme Court, which was already... At, at danger now, too. I mean, when um, Justice Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts, was put on there, too, we all thought that was going to be a great conservative leader in the Supreme Court, and that has not been the case. We're going to uh, speculate. Uh, we'll give you some uh, facts and figures and information. We'll probably mock it a little bit, too, because this is a really bizarre circumstance right now. First of all, the basics of it. Uh, Justice Scalia passed away at a ranch spa type place in the uh, western part of Texas. He was there uh, just with family, 40 or so people just gathered uh, for a vacation or a gathering, just a goodwill. And um, he had been at this party. Everybody had a good time. They said uh, he was doing fine, had dinner. About 9 o'clock in the evening, he said uh, he's got a long day. He wants to just go back to his room, get some rest. Went back to his room for rest the following morning. He didn't come down for breakfast. They started uh, worrying about him. They sent a hotel worker to check on him, and that's when the hotel worker found him. Yeah, he was apparently found um, in his bed. They said there were no, uh, no wrinkles on the bed, so it appeared to be somewhat peacefully. One interesting note that is coming out now is that they are saying that they did find a pillow over his head. I mean, is there anybody? Yeah, I'm just saying, it's very early right now in this. I mean, there's, not, there's nothing to say that he for sure was not involved with the Illuminati or perhaps 
taken out by the Illuminati. Now, okay. I'm not saying that that happened. Folks. Don't joke. get me wrong. Don't no, you're, you know why you now. weren't saying that happened? Because it didn't happen. I'm just saying we don't know at this point. No, we know it didn't happen that way. It did not happen that way. The guy was 79. It's not like he was 35 and in great physical shape. I mean, he had no uh, well-known uh, degenerative diseases, whatever, but he did have some health issues a few years ago. I remember talking about it, mm -hmm. and he was 79. You know what? He was on the plus side of the average life, the lifespan of the average American male. I think it's usually around 76, 77. So. <clears throat> That, that's how these things happen. Oh, the one thing that I will say about, about the Pascantiers, yes, he was 79 years old. He, uh, he passed away after being at a party with family and friends, was quail hunting earlier in the day, uh, appears to have uh, passed away peacefully in his sleep. They've said he had a full stomach. Uh, I, I can't think of, of many better ways to leave this right. world. So at least if there's any silver lining in this entire thing, at least uh, a good man wasn't in pain in his final moments, but passed peacefully and quietly in his sleep. When I, when I saw this story, um, I started thinking about all the bad that could come. Obviously, President Obama getting a chance to nominate another Supreme Court justice is horrible. And the fact that he'd be replacing a conservative, somebody who understood uh, personal freedoms, you know, libertarians and conservatives, this is, this is not a good day. And I started thinking about all the ramifications. And then I felt so stupidly naive. Because I know this is one of the, the greatest responsibilities a president has, maybe arguably the greatest, to nominate somebody to the Supreme Court because the courts shape American history for decades to come. Entire generations of people, our generations, have been have been shaped by uh, you know presidents all the way back to the the turn of the first, uh, the twentieth um, uh, century. I mean, they shaped all of these things that we argue about each and every day. Other rulings. So I knew that. It's a lifetime appointment as well. But I felt so stupid because we're focused on the next the next election, and we go. Okay, uh, we got to make sure we get the right people in there because they're going to pick maybe four members of the Supreme Court. Forgetting, of course, that a Supreme Court can die today. A Supreme Court justice could die today, as evident of Antonin Scalia. So while we're focused on who's going to retire in the next few years, sometimes they die. You could see somebody die today. Yeah, you could literally see another one die. I mean, there could be two more appointees from Barack. There could be another four more. I mean, who knows what could happen at this point. But well, yeah. especially with that whole pillow on the face thing. You well, could and really with the Illuminati see, you know, involvement, too. Right, I mean, you yeah. just never know. So what does this mean to me and you? All right, break it down. If you are somebody that is a constitutionalist, if you argue on half of the behalf of the Constitution, you talk about your Second Amendment rights, your First Amendment rights, you talk about all the horrible things President Obama has done over the years, and you've been frustrated by that, and you've gone to Tea Party meetings, you've done all of this stuff, and you, as that person, says President Obama should wait to nominate somebody, you are wrong. You're not being consistent, you're being a hypocrite on top of everything else. The Constitution calls for presidents to nominate somebody, shall nominate shall which is a directive of course he should i know that's frustrating i don't want him to nominate somebody i don't want him to get another pick i didn't want to nominate the two that he did i didn't want to do any of this stuff but he's a constitutionalist i recognize it is his responsibility his directive from the constitution and if if you don't like it as much as i don't that means you have to vote for the right people elections have consequences now having said that that doesn't mean the, the senate has to rubber stamp it because it is their job to consult with the president, give him some advice, and then nominate or not. Although you and I talked about this on our, on our morning radio program on the Blades, uh, the Blades Radio Network, is should a, a, a Senate uh, confirm him at this point? And you said he shouldn't have a rubber stamp. 
or shouldn't get a rubber stamp for it, but um, what are the qualifications? I mean, what would preclude you or uh, <clears throat> qualify you for it? As it stands right now, there are zero requirements to be a Supreme Court justice. You don't have to have been a lawyer. You don't have to have been a judge. You don't have to be 35 or an American citizen. There are no requirements. So what should be the requirements that a president holds up to? Well, and you can think about the worst people on the planet, Kim Jong-un. I mean, anybody, a serial killer is in jail. They could all get a nomination, and the Senate could confirm them. You don't have to be an American citizen, as Skip said. So what are the qualifications? And this is a little bit of a problem, that there are not qualifications, because at times Senates have been more inclined to just rubber stamp. Okay, fine, go ahead, you're in. Other times it becomes very political, where they say, well, I don't want this person because you're going to be replacing an Antonin Scalia and there's going to be a balance thrown off. And we did have a conservative in there. President Obama is going to nominate a progressive or something like this. That's true. How about some consistency with this stuff? How about a little bit of consistency? You should not expect the president to even nominate somebody who's moderate. He'll spin it that way. But do not join the people like Mitch McConnell saying the president should wait or nominate a conservative. As much as I want that, that's not the case. Again, he must nominate somebody, and he must nominate who he wants. The idea that we have to keep the same type of person in the Supreme Court as there, was, there has been is nonsense. You know how I know? Because how many of you stood up and were ticked off when we got an opportunity to replace a liberal justice with a conservative justice like Antonin Scalia? He replaced a more liberal justice. This is how these things work. Sometimes it works in your favor. Sometimes it doesn't. But Sorry. it's frustrating that people like Mitch McConnell will come out and say that we should hold off on a nomination, let the new president make a decision like that, when we know that's just politics. I don't even think Mitch McConnell <laughs> truly believes that in his heart of heart. It was the same thing that Chuck Schumer said back in 2007, uh, after it must have been John Roberts was confirmed, too, is that we should definitely hold off on any further nominations. If any more come up, we should block it as the Senate. No, and Chuck Schumer doesn't believe that now. Ask Schumer now if he thinks like he thought back in 2007, whether or not that the president should just go ahead and hold off and wait till the new president. Of course. Of course not. It's politics. And like you said, and it's a trite saying, but elections do have consequences. And this is going to be one of the consequences of, of electing Barack Obama twice. We saw the same thing when it came to the nuclear option in the Senate, right? Chuck Schumer and these people were outraged that it was even suggested when they didn't have power under the George W. Bush administration. Then Harry Reid runs the thing under Obama and they're like, yeah, it's nuclear. It's what we need. It's a gridlock. We got to do something here. It's the politicking of it all. I wish they could just go ahead and do things and, and formulate opinions on what they want to do as a Congress in terms of thinking of the country. But they, but both sides are guilty of this. The Republicans and the Democrats think about self first. It's self-preservation, party preservation, as opposed to doing things that will move the country forward. And that's what I'm tired of in America. Not only must you be a constitutionalist, you must be consistent in your values as a constitutionalist. If you're not, how can I trust you about anything? We need consistency with this stuff. That's what I'm looking for. And that's a problem when other people who are not as, well, I don't like politics, so they don't pay attention to the news. The reason they're not engaged in the government is exactly this, because they're hypocrites. They change constantly. How many times have you been frustrated? You're like, I can't even watch this anymore. No, right? that's the thing. And if you, if you do follow this on a even on a, a, a semi-regular basis, you get it beaten out of you. The politics just gets beaten out of you because you're kicked when you're down. You're kicked when you're down. You're kicked when you're down. That's why I think that the president has made such a, uh, had made such an effort, too, and was so successful in recruiting young people and going out harnessing social media, going to college campuses. Because those kids, the starry-eyed millennials, millennials who were fed the progressive bullcrap in school about your all uh, participation trophies and you're all so special, haven't had it kicked out of them for them for 10 
10, 20 years following politics. And that's why he was such a successful market for him. Now, what does this mean more specifically to you? All right, moving forward, you are likely going to have, at best, a moderate judge to replace Antonin Scalia, meaning somebody more progressive. In fact, it would be difficult even to find a conservative that wasn't more progressive than Antonin Scalia because he was that solid. So it's not going to be good for you all the way around when it comes to future votes. But what about the votes right now that are pending? Supreme Court is ready to rule somewhere between now and June 30th on all kinds of cases that have come before them in the last six months or so. There are some really significant ones. There's one that deals with redistricting of congressional districts and voting rights. There's one that has to deal with uh, unions. There's one that has to do with Obamacare, one that has to do with illegals. So what does this mean? Well, anything that Justice Scalia has written, and likely many of them are written, they write these things and then don't release them. They'll vote and write, write them. In fact, if you notice, you'll see writing in the dissent or writing in the affirmative. That's what they always say, right? And it's five to four, this person wrote for it. Well, what they do is they assign somebody to write for it, to support the law, or to strike it down. And then the justices will vote, and sometimes vote again, right before it's released. This is how it works. So, when they write in the affirmative, they're not saying, hey, and we're, you notice it does say, and we want it. Right? We strike it down. It just says... Here's in the why we think it should be supported. Here's why we think it should be struck down. So they write these things. Sometimes it lays in their desk drawer in their computer for months. And then they release it. They roll these things out and they have another vote. There's been times when you've had justices in the 11th hour change their vote. And the same writings are on it. It's just now it's 5 to 4 versus 4 to 5 or 6 to 3 or whatever. So anything that he's already written or anything that he's already voted, if they did an informal vote and they said, what do you got? One, two, three, okay, it's 5 to 4. That's out. It's done. His vote is null and void. It does not count. Anything he's written, it's out. It's over. What you have now is for those cases that have uh, yet to be released from the Supreme Court, there are eight members of the Supreme Court, likely four and four, when it comes down to conservative and liberal. That's what you have shaped up right now. So how do they determine if there's a tie? Because you could have four and four. Well, anything that the lower courts have ruled on they simply defer to the lower court. So if the lower court says, yes, Obamacare is constitutional based on the argument that you put before us, then it just continues forward. Now, they do have one other option. They could, as a, a group, say, we're going to rule on this, defer to the, you know, the, the, t the uh, lower court's ruling as an eight to eight, four to, or, um, an eight and four to four split, and then say, but we will bring it up again later. I think based on the same information that they've heard, once they, or vote nine, on, once, once they get a ninth, which could be tomorrow, it could be two years from now, it could be ten years from now. We could go with eight Supreme Court justices that get so divided for the next ten years. We could have somebody else die and continue with seven. There's no rule that has, says it has to be nine. This is what we're looking at moving forward. The four big cases that are coming up that I just mentioned... Um, are varying degrees of how the lower courts ruled. For example, the one that has to do with Obamacare specifically has to do with companies that are forced to provide uh, contraceptives under Obamacare, but they have a religious objection to it, organizations or companies. They say our company is built or our organization is built on religious values. We shouldn't have to do this. The problem there, there have been mixed rulings from the appellate courts, meaning this just becomes more confusing. When it comes to unions, you're going to lose this one. In modern times, the last uh, 10 or so years, there have been some challenges to union memberships, union rights, and the power of unions all across America. 
and it's basically come down to a 5-4 split in, form of con in, in favor of conservatives and against the unions. That 5-4 split is now 4-4. Four four. Uh, the, the specific one about the unions has to do with government workers, and should a government worker that does not want to belong to a union have to pay into union dues? This is likely going to be a 4-4 four four split. And in the past, it's already been ruled on the lower courts as in favor of the unions. So unions are going to win this one. And that affects 5 million government workers across 23 states in Washington, D.C. When it comes to the illegals, President Obama's want to make, I think, roughly 5 million illegals um, uh, legal. He wants to give them legal status by not deporting them. There's a challenge to that right now. The lower courts have said it is unconstitutional. You can't do that. Four to four split, we win this one. Obama is not able to do that. The problem is, though, having said all of that, that's only if it's a four to four split. You could see two of the so-called conservatives, like John Roberts, go, well, that sounds reasonable not to deport him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he did it on Obamacare, right? <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, still a very sad story <laughs> as Justice Scalia passed away at the age of 79. One more important thing to note that I find interesting. And, Doc, you've, you've poo-pooed the, the, the idea of anything suspicious going on, but I will say one more thing. No autopsy going to be done. Yeah, his family is reasonable, and they said the guy was 79. He likely... I'm just saying, was a Supreme Court justice, uh, not at his home, passes away, pillow on his head. If you want to go ahead and just go and drink the Kool-Aid and be like, okay, I take it, I'm just saying I'm not convinced. Had he been hanging out in the jungle room, too? Because I'm sure Elvis plays him. I don't somehow. know. And again, I'm just okay. saying that I don't know. I'm not ready to make these big sweeping <laughs> okay. decisions, okay? How about this one? We've had people suggest possible nominations from the president. I've even heard people uh, had people tweet at me and say... How about Michelle Obama? He's going to do Michelle Obama, and then he gets his foot in the door with that or whatever. I think it's unlikely. I think he's going to nominate somebody that appears to be moderate, that is really not moderate, and he'll go ahead and uh, spin it, somebody that's not real well-known, some lesser judge, and goes, I'm going to understand that Scalia was more conservative. I'm not trying to be divisive. This person's moderate. They reflect the views of all Americans, and the person's going to be crazy progressive. But you're not going to know a lot about them because they're unknown, and they're going to scramble to find stuff out about them. That's what I expect to happen. But Skip and I were speculating over the weekend, he could, in a stroke of genius, nominate himself. That could happen. And think about all the wonderful things for progressives out there that could happen if he does. We'll lay that out for you coming up next. It's Doc Thompson at Skip Lacombe in for Pat and Stew. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Doc and Skip in for Pat and Stu. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, if you want to tweet at us, 
Uh, my Twitter handle is at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe for Skip. Again, at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. And we'll probably get some of your tweets coming up as well. All right. Now, uh, when it comes to the two justices that President Obama has already nominated, um, one was a replacement for um, Sandra Day O'Connor. And although she was not the conservative that Reagan had hoped she would be or other people, she at least was more conservative than who he ended up appointing. And then you have um, uh, Justice Souter, who was replaced, uh, uh, was a replacement or retired and ended up getting a uh, president nominated somebody to replace him. Uh, that would be Elena Kagan and uh, Sotomayor, mm -hmm. or as we refer to him, uh, Kagan is Justice Paul Blart. Basically, yeah. Because I mean, it's so much like Kevin James. They're really separated at birth. It really gets confusing. Like, I'd be like, oh, Kagan's starring in a movie. What's, oh, no, that's Kevin no, that's Smith. Kevin. Okay, I see, whatever. What's Kevin Smith doing in the Supreme Court? Oh, that's, that's uh, Lena Kagan. It's very, very confusing. Have you? All right, here's a possible scenario that I think would be genius for Democrats. They won't do it, but this would be genius for them. And I don't see a fail, and I think it could actually get done. President Obama nominates himself. To my knowledge, there is no restriction on him nominating himself. He would nominate himself, and he's in his last year anyways. He's got 10 months to go. By the time he would go through any confirmation, he could even delay it a little bit. He would have five, six months left. So my scenario would be this. <clears throat> the president would come out and say, listen, folks, um, under the Constitution, I must nominate somebody. So I'm going to nominate somebody, but I've heard your cries, people on the right. I'm going to do an exhaustive research to find, exhaustive search to find the right person to nominate. And I'm not going to rush this thing. It's going to take me a couple months, maybe three months or so. We're going to look at, we're going to look at everybody here. And after three months, he comes out and he holds a press conference and says, I'm going to tell you my announcement, my, uh, my pick for Supreme Court justice. And here it is, folks. I, I just can't trust anybody. Here's the problem. I mean, look at the courts have been filled over the years with uh, you know, people that the presidents have nominated. And they turned out to be very different than the presidents had thought. Right? And he can even cite examples, both conservative and, and liberal. I mean, look at Justice Souter. Justice Souter was supposed to be rabidly conservative when picked by George H.W. Bush, and he was not. <laughs> How'd that work out? He was rabidly progressive. He was one of the most in modern times. So he cites those as examples, and he then says, I just can't trust anybody else because you don't know what you're going to get. Therefore, I'm the guy for the job. You know what you're going to get, right? I mean, look at how moderate I've been. He throws out a bunch of BS like that. He's good at selling stuff like that. That's what he does. So he lays it all out there and says... I know what I can get by nominating myself. I know. And you know what I'm going to get. Or you're going to get by nominating I nominate myself. Because look at my track record. Unwavering. Look at what I've done. And then he goes down his track record of great things, right, with the economy, Skip. He goes, look, at, it's all BS. We know that. But he already is successful at laying these arguments out all the time. This is what he does, and people buy into it. So he lays that out and says, I nominate myself. Everybody melts down. How dare you? You can't do that. Well, here's the Constitution. I can't. Oh, there's no precedent for this, though. What would we do? There is kind of a precedent for it. Not exactly. But we have had presidents, or at least one, serve on the Supreme Court after they were president. That would be William Howard Taft. He ended up being appointed by uh, uh, Warren G. Harding, I believe, after leaving. And that would be, so it was Taft, Wilson, Warren G. Harding. So eight years later, he gets, or into the next administration anyways, he gets an appointment. So if anybody brings up the objection and says, well, he's going to be ruling on things that he signed into law, that's a conflict of interest. William Howard Taft, precedent is set. Yeah, I, uh, it's an interesting theory. Um, I think that the, probably the, the 
biggest uphill battle to it would actually get the, uh, get the confirmation itself. Okay, I'm glad you said that because I don't think it's that big of a battle. How is it a battle? How, what is, you're right, it would go to the Senate. Just but, because it's run by Republicans right now. <laughs> the Supreme Court should have been a slam dunk saying Obamacare not only is not constitutional, regardless of their ruling, should have been a slam dunk. They got to Justice Roberts, didn't they? They got to him. Mitch McConnell, you know they can get to this guy. The Republicans have been in control for a year now. Have they done what they're supposed to do? Did they do what they were supposed to do under George W. Bush? No, you can't count on the Senate to Republicans. No, Absolutely they never, not. No, they never have. But, I mean, even, uh, even with the gun bill or whatever, too, that ended up getting failed, occasionally the, a broken clock <clears throat> is even going to be right. I think that's going to be his biggest uphill battle, too. Uh, even it, be it, it would be his biggest uphill battle. You're absolutely right about that. But I, I don't think it's that big of a battle. You're right. He's only lost a couple of times on much lesser issues. And when he has skipped, he has been tremendous at beating them every punch. He is always not just a no, step ahead of him, right a dozen now. steps ahead of him. The master string player in D.C. He beats them at every turn. And he has the ultimate ace up his sleeve. Don't forget. Wait, wait. You're not going to confirm my nomination? You racists. All that being said, do you think, um, do you think he would even want the job? <clears throat> I don't know that, if you... Um, as a, as the ego with, with the narcissist, I mean, yeah, he's, he's already been president, so he's attained the highest office. Supreme Court, a little different, mm -hmm. obviously, of course, would have be able to continue his, his reach of power. But um, after what he's done, I mean, is that something he's going to want to do? Is he, would he rather mm -hmm. just sit on boards and travel and speak and be the, the community activist again? See, I think he can still do all of those things and serve on the Supreme Court. I think his ego would want it. Maybe he is a little tired, but it's very different being a Supreme Court justice versus president because even if Michelle, like he keeps saying, oh, she's tired of this and whatever, we're ready to... Whatever, Whatever. Um, look at Antonin Scalia. The guy's traveling. He's going to resorts. You can, and, and many of the justices only have a second home in D.C. They don't actually live there full time. He could live in Hawaii. You go back in. Here's some cases. There are all kinds of clerks who write for you. Most of them do not, like, sit down and write every piece of it. It's very simple what they do. I mean, it's much less, uh, there's much less involved than even an appellate court judge or, or anybody else. So as far as commitment to time, he could easily do that, still do all kinds of other things, community, I mean, to go out and march and do all kinds of stuff like that. I think his ego would want it somehow. So he would go before the Senate then in the hearings, and if they don't give it, for, give it to him, he still could play all of these cards like the racist card. He can go to, oh, you people said you wanted me to fail, all of this stuff. And you've got all these knuckleheads that are younger even that start, although they don't have direct influence over who gets confirmed or not, they still can vote on senators. We've still got a presidential election coming up. So the, the Republicans that are saying, well, wow, we're going to look like racists and we're like we're looking for this guy to fail again. It becomes a speaking point for the Democrat candidates out there on the trail. Oh, look at him. They're trying to railroad Obama. Right. There's a guy who cares about his countries. You know, Harvard educated. All of this stuff. They play all those cards again. And would it be enough? I don't know. But it certainly makes a compelling argument. He certainly is qualified, even if it's just by education and experience. Then, for the Democrats' point, again, I don't think it's going to happen. I just think it would be genius if they did this. The president would then say, okay, here's how it'll play off as far as presidential secession goes, because I'd have to vacate the office a little bit early, right? He would say, during the confirmation process, Joe Biden is amping up, because I'm sure I'm going to get nominated. Joe's in there, and he and I are going over all this stuff, so it's, not, it's a smooth transition, right? Joe is uh, getting ready. As of whatever, noon the day I get confirmed, Joe Biden will take the oath of office because I'm resigning. Then the Democrats have an incumbent 
Joe could throw his hat in the ring, you have an incumbent. And if I'm not mistaken, a person can be elected and serve two terms as president and finish out another guy's term as long as the length of time is not too great of the term that they're serving uh, out. And that may be, you know, fall within those parameters. But even so, he could still serve one. Anyway, then you get the incumbent, you get Joe. And the reason that's appealing is because a lot of the big money backers for the Democrats, the progressives out there, are not happy the way this is shaping up. Number one, they like that they could pull the strings of Hillary Clinton all these years, right? They're, they're, she's taking care of them, they're taking care of her. But they're a little freaked out that Bernie is coming up, a guy they can't control as much, and that Hillary may go to jail. So they are freaking out. Look at Bloomberg throwing his hat in the ring, supposedly. Jim Webb has suggested he will run as an independent. The Democrats may need a uniter, Skip. They do Joe not love. What's that? <laughs> and it's Joe Biden, you think? I mean, from their perspective, yeah, I'm not saying he would be. But look at this. The guy's been vice president, senior statesman. statesman. He's going to give them what they want. That's what he's done his whole career. Perhaps. So from their perspective, I see it as a win-win-win. Um, I, I think another huge issue of, the, of that is I think that Barack Obama would do anything he could to avoid losing any time in that Oval Office. I think he would want to be sitting in that chair at the Resolute Desk with that title for, for as long as he could. I think it would be very hard for him to, to step down from that role, even to go uh, onto the Supreme Court. He's got, he would only have a few months left? He, he could play. If it was a couple of days, I don't think he'd want to do it. I don't think so. I think, and, and to have that extra precedent set where he did this, and schooled him again, pulled this little, this chicanery, this trickery, this whatever, because that's what it'd be. It'd be, you know, kind of, you know, pulling off a little little sneak play there that benefits him and his party forever. Sure. And the, and the influence that he would have on the Supreme Court, one of nine rock solid, not just somebody you appoint. I mean, he already appointed two, and then he gets in there himself. I see that as way power. That's a power grab for the future. That's huge. And then... Theoretically, a Biden comes in, saves the party. He's likely going to be able to appoint somebody or whatever. That is, and Joe was on the ticket with him. They're all friendly as well. Again, probably not going to happen, but I think that would be genius for them to try to pull off. Uh, odds of Obama doing it, odds of it actually working if he did it, Skip Lacombe. Uh, I don't even think he would attempt that. If he did attempt it, I think he'd have... 1% chance he would do it. One in a million. What do you think? Um, of doing it or accomplishing it? No, of doing it, of actually nominating himself. Maybe one in a million, yeah. Okay. Uh, if he did ac- accomplish it? Uh, 20%. Okay. I think it's, uh, it is the ultimate long shot that he would do it, but accomplish it, if he did do it, 75%. And I base that on track record of Obama to pull off the extraordinary, the unlikely to get things ruled as constitutional that are clearly not. He certainly has, a, has the a list of a whole bunch of skeletons in pretty much everyone's closet in D.C. Right, you'll run down some more of this, what it means that uh, Justice Scalia has passed. We'll also get some of your tweets coming up. Doc Thompson and Skip Lacombe in for Pat and Stew. The GOP, uh, GOP debate Saturday night was kind of overshadowed by the death of Antonin Scalia. In fact, they ended up leading off uh, the debate uh, Saturday night with a question about Antonin Scalia dying. And they all seemed to get it wrong. Well, wait a minute. 
Um, one of them sidestepped the question. One of them got it a little bit right. The other ones failed. That was my take on the question. And they basically said, um, should, and this was really the extent of the questioning about Antonin Scalia. I think it could have been much, much deeper, but it, it wasn't from CBS. They said, should President Obama nominate somebody? Which, again, is a no-brainer to me. They're like, well, you understand, he's a lame duck. He has 10, over 10 months left in his administration. And you know how you know he should? Because do any of the other presidential powers stop as a lame duck? You hear anybody saying, well, yeah, North Korea's invading, but uh, I'm a lame duck. I've got 10 months. I'm just going to wait for the next guy. Let's wait for him. No. You would never argue that. It's asinine. And if it was a conservative president that you liked, you'd be going, yes, nominate somebody right off. Be consistent. Constitution calls for it. So when they ask him this, they ask Donald Trump first, and he goes, well, I think he's going to do it anyway, blah, blah, blah. I said, wait a minute. You've suggested in the past that he should wait. So is that what you're saying? The president should not nominate somebody. What I'm saying is he's going to do it anyway. Okay, that's a sidestep. You're not answering the question. I think he is going to do it anyways. But let's talk philosophically. You, as somebody who wants to be the next president. It's a question of should he, not will he. And nobody really got that right. That, that's really disappointing, too. It seems like it's really obvious it's a no-brainer. Like we said earlier, elections have consequences. And yes, it's not only his duty uh, or his, his, his right, it's his duty to. Pains me to say this, but Jeb Bush got it a little bit right. He basically said, yeah, the president should, but then he offered up a bunch of other crap, as Jeb usually does, and ruined any shot at actually getting it right. And shockingly, the other candidates, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, John Kasich, took me a minute to remember who else was even, even there, um, all basically got it wrong. He should wait. He should wait. No. Why? And that's not, an, that's not an oopsie or kind of subjective. No, that is wrong. You are wrong if you are feeling like that. That is, that is politics. That is your, <clears throat> your politics coming into play. Of course it should. If another Supreme Court justice died tomorrow, he should make two appointments. Yeah, exactly. If they all died today, of course, you get to fill the court And that's with them. horrible. I, I hate don't to say it, that but... personally as a conservative, but that's what I believe in terms of the Constitution. He is the sitting president until <laughs> January 21st or whenever it is, and up until that point, it's his duty. It's his right. I'll even give you, if on, on January 20th one of them dies and says, tell you what, I won't do it today, we'll wait for the next one, yes, then you may be a lame duck president. <laughs> but you know what? If it is, if it was at uh, 11.59 on January 21st, somebody died, and he said, no, because I'd say go. I'd say that's still okay with it. Get me nine names in the next 20 seconds. Go. We're going to uh, go delay the inauguration <laughs> by a little bit. Exactly right. Give me a half hour. <laughs> right. Obviously, some issues with that, but you can understand it. And again, I don't like that as a conservative, but I mean, if, for me to be able to look at myself and to sleep Skip. at night, I have to be consistent. Ask yourself, if, if pick somebody that you want to be president that you believe in or president's past, would you suggest that they, with the 10 months left, Hell no. say, well, I'm going to go ahead and wait for the next guy? No, you'd be going... Damn it, nominate that guy because I want your fingerprints on it, not this clown that's coming in. Yeah. So you're guaranteed with the guy you like as president to nominate somebody that he thinks or she thinks is going to do the job, even if they end up failing down the road. Of course you're going to end up saying that. Uh, the rest of the debate Saturday night, um, a lot of the same stuff. There were some fireworks. Uh, Donald Trump really kind of melted down a little bit at times. Uh, part of it was a Jeb Bush, so that's always a win for me. <laughs> No, I'm serious. Even though I'm not a Donald Trump supporter, I love that when he kicks Jeb Bush around because I'm certainly not a Jeb Bush reporter. I would take Donald Trump as president over Jeb Bush any day, every day. Uh, but I don't necessarily want either one of them out there. Uh, some fiery exchanges between Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz as well. Um, it was frustrating to me as somebody who primarily supports, at this point, Ted Cruz.
and cannot support Marco Rubio simply for his gang of Ocho failure. It frustrates me that Marco Rubio is so good at making a statement and it's just taken as gospel. I mean, that is a really good talent to have as a politician. When he just goes, Ted Cruz lies about everything. In fact, he says he could speak Spanish. He doesn't even speak Spanish. And then Ted was like rolling out some statements in Spanish. I don't know what he said because I don't speak Spanish, but he was speaking Spanish, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Which I think that was a, a, a good move for Ted Cruz. In fact, when, he, when that initially happened, too, I, I was quick to tweet, oh, don't speak <laughs> Spanish. But I was thinking more in terms of when these politicians come out and release like an ad in Spanish as opposed to uh, reacting to Marco saying he couldn't. No, I think that really looked good. Um, do you think Marco truly didn't know whether or not he spoke Spanish? Do I don't you think, think Marco that- cares. I'm serious. Marco just says this crap that he knows is inaccurate. Marco knows that. Look at what he said about his record in the Gang of Ocho. No, no, I've changed now about amnesty because we have a terrorism problem. Now we have a terrorism problem? This was a couple years ago you did this. I seem to remember a big terrorist attack on America. 9-11, do you remember that? With the Boston bombing, Fort Hood shooter, all of this stuff. And now we have one, so he's changed. It's crap, Skip. I think he really throws this out there knowing that people are not going to challenge him. And if you do, Obama has proven, you're still going to reach a lot of people that will never do their homework, and it's just taken as gospel. If you say it, done. Well, it's, it's often the same thing, as, like we say, too. With uh, I mean, you can pretty much get anywhere you want as long as you have a clipboard. Uh, if you're confident enough, and we said this before, too. All you have to do is own it. Walk into any sort of a place, too, with a clipboard, uh, overalls, maybe like a work-type hat. Uh, they've said before, too, in fact, I think there was a, a, a 30 Rock episode about a pilot can get anywhere. Uh, I think Matt Damon yeah, played it too. Yeah. And he says, "You know, I've actually been upstairs at the uh, the White House while the Obamas were sleeping. Yeah, as long exactly as you are confident right. and you actually own it, walk in there, uh, you're able to convince the message. That same thing is true with Marco Rubio and the way he's able to deliver a message. No matter how much truth is actually there, for some reason, the way he delivers it, it has some sort of a tinge of believability. I would have. I think there was a Ted Cruz was okay in it, but I think he missed an opportunity to go. Whoa, wait a minute here." This is a perfect example of what Marco Rubio does and how he lies. He says things that are lies and is not challenged on it. Let me give you one example and then roll out a whole bunch in Spanish and then go, see this? I'm speaking Spanish. I can speak and understand Spanish. He just said I couldn't. That was a lie. He's also lying about the rest of this stuff. Don't you think that was a missed opportunity to really crush him? No, absolutely. And I think he, he attempted to go down that route with, with what he was even saying, too, making the statements he mm-hmm. did make over to Marco, too. But it would, at that point, too, it become such a back and forth, too. And the crowd, I think, was such a huge part of this debate as we well. Gotta, we got to get rid of the crowds. Uh, our buddy Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network has been banging the drum on this forever. And Jay Severin, I can't believe I'm saying this, but you're right. We've yeah. got to stop with the crowds at the debates. You know, it's become too much of an influence, too. And, I mean, there are those arguments, too, about um, it being uh, 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 staffed with uh, Jeb supporters or Trump supporters or somehow, too, whoever uh, uh, is able to go ahead and stack the deck in their favor makes a huge, huge impact on the debates, too. And if you've ever been on stage in front of any amount of people, too, a crowd turning on you, a crowd booing you, a crowd jeering you or cheering you can have a huge impact in the outcome. That'll get into your head. And with that many people there for something as important as this is, there is no reason reason for there to be a live studio audience at any of these debates. There's no reason for it. Yeah. In fact, anybody who's out there, make me an argument. Show me an argument to actually have a crowd there. I mean, this isn't like 100 years ago when we didn't have TV and radio and the ability to actually see this stuff in real time. So it's not like the people in that crowd are, oh, well, we want to go ahead and see what things. There is no reason anymore for there to be a crowd in these debates, and they should be banned, outlawed. Yeah, you're right. I was thinking more of the influence they have when people are like, woohoo, that guy's doing well and that guy's not. 
doing well and it's stacked in someone's favor but it also has to do with your performance as well that's a lot of extra pressure well, one way or the other it's the whole 12th man thing yeah. with uh, with any sort of i'm in a football game or the sixth man in, in basketball too the crowd can be a a huge impact on things like these and i mean heck these debates are nothing more than than wwe entertainment at this point anyway so yeah the the whole concept of having a crowd there i think is just bad yeah that's got to change in fact the crowd uh, saturday night wasn't just stacked in favor of one candidate it was stacked in front of in favor of of the establishment candidates. Well, and more it was, so because uh, I mean they started booing Trump before he spoke a couple of times. Yeah, even more so for a specific candidate, they were really anti certain candidates as well. And 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 the ones that they were anti were the ones that are not the conservative right. or, or excuse me, Cruz, the non-insider candidates. There is something Ted Cruz is getting right right now though. He's had some uh, pretty interesting campaign ads recently. I've got a new Ted Cruz ad for you that I got to play, and I think this is this is great. This is wonderful. Damn it feels good to be a Clinton. Damn it feels good to be a Clinton. A shameless politician always plays her cards right. Got a crew for the fight on the airwaves. Left dogs in the press keep the mouth tight. Cause the Clinton never needs to explain what. Why it is what they done or with who. A real Clinton knows that they're entitled. And you don't get to know what they do. What difference does it make? For Clinton, what's loaded in some fat apple file? A Clinton plays the victim for promotion. <laughs> a Clinton kills it off with a smile. Damn, it feels good to be a Clinton. A server full of secrets ain't no thing. Damn, it feels good to be a Clinton. <laughs> Nothing never hits with the sting. Wow. That's fantastic. Hey, you don't need a whole lot else with it. I mean, everyone knows what the Clintons are, and if you if you recognize what that's from... It tells the whole story. Of course, it's a takeoff of the movie Office Space. Yeah, fantastic which, recreation of it, by the way. Oh, yeah. It almost looks like it was shot scene for scene like they did the new Psycho movie. Yeah, they probably did. They went really through it well pretty done. close. Um, yeah, and I think that plays well with a whole solid generation that Ted Cruz is trying to, to reach, too, with that. You don't have to say anything else. You know they're the insiders. You know what they're getting at there. And then the damn it feels good to be a Clinton. That's solid stuff right there. Ted has done really well. The other great ad he had was the one I suggested um, where I said, just run the video of, uh, who was it that was endorsed? Uh, oh, of, of uh, uh, Jimmy Carter saying that he would pick Ted Cruz over, or excuse me, Trump over Ted Cruz. Mm. Do you remember that? Yeah. He said, well, I know you wouldn't vote for a Republican. They said, well, if you had to pick Cruz or Trump, who is it? And Jimmy Carter gave this blah, blah, whatever, old man, Jimmy Carter, crazy ass uh, speech and said, well, Clinton or um, um, Trump would be more flexible, malleable, I think he said. Whereas Ted Cruz would not be malleable. Can't be controlled. Ted Cruz can't be controlled. And I said, listen, just run that clip. You don't have to put anything else on it. Just put that. And they did. Um, to the first ad, though, with uh, Ted Cruz, I, I couldn't believe they actually found Hillary Clinton. When they actually got Hillary Clinton. That's playing. not her. That's Are not you her. sure it looked? Yeah, the, uh, the cankles were not nearly big enough and way too young. That's my only criticism. Looked a little way bit like Hillary, young. though. A little bit, but way hmm. too young. I get another break in. We'll touch on some of the other uh, upcoming ads. In fact, Hillary Clinton has one. We'll do that coming up next on Pat and Stu.
All right. Uh, no. At Doc Thompson Show. No. At Skip Lacombe if you want to tweet. Hashtag what I learned today. Skip, for some reason, dressed up like a miniature banana today. I saw that. A miniature banana. While I'm always happy when you rip on Skip, that's always a good thing. Likely going to get you on the show, too. I don't necessarily understand it. Is this coming across as yellow? Let me hear. Let me do a quick stand. I... It's a green shirt, See, is it this not? This is yellow, right? Yeah. Here. Can we do a comparison? I'm actually worried about you, Bearded Patriot, because I don't want I don't want you to have like a colorblind issue. Here's yellow. Here's green. Is that? And why checkerboard is yellow? I, don't, I get the miniature. Or is that part. like how you like dress up your bananas at your house? Oh, you think he has fancy like, maybe bananas? Maybe he has some sort of like. Oh, you know how the different types of bananas, like the Gro Michelle. Oh, maybe. Oh, or ripe. Hmm. Maybe a plantain. I'll give you a skip dress like a plantain, maybe. They still get yellow. But they start off, they're more green, probably. For a longer green. period of time. I don't yeah. get the checkerboard, though. I get the miniature, because Skip is miniature. He's got some sexy-ass bananas in his house, is all I know. <laughs> sexy-ass bananas, is what you're saying? All right, let me get to this new uh, Hillary Clinton commercial. Tell me what you uh, think of this one. Somebody called me on the phone. She said, Reverend Thompson? I said, yeah. She said, they're shooting around the church. And I just dropped the phone. First thing came to my mind was, we need to make some changes. Hillary is really committed to making sure that the guns don't get into the wrong hands. And is standing with the president to get stronger gun laws. So no family ever has to go through anything like this again. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. Wow. That is not only wrong, it is also despicable. Pandering? Unbelievable. Not only pandering. Now, this guy was willing to be in the commercial, and that's fine, but it's, it's still exploitive. That's exactly what it is. You're talking about somebody who died with their silly little gun laws wouldn't have stopped them anyways. If they, if they had said, that's it, we're amending the Constitution and throwing out that whole Second Amendment thing, it still wouldn't have stopped this. If they said, you've got to register every gun in America, it wouldn't stop all the gun deaths. If they say, and were able to actually confiscate every gun in America, it wouldn't stop deaths murders, or even gun deaths. It's going to happen. But I would actually have more respect for, a, for a, a, a liberal politician to come out and say they want to ban all guns and want to confiscate all sure. guns. Because at least there's, there's the thought process of, well, okay, well, if there's none out there. But the whole concept of, of like, uh, banning uh, uh, magazines above 10, above 10 uh, uh, shots and yeah. things of those nature, the, the assault gun bans too. We've proven time and time again that none of these rules and legislations they want to roll out would have any any sort of an impact. Well, it's funny, too. We don't always follow all of their logical steps when they start attacking guns. But where they're ultimately going is, let's get rid of all of them. That's what it has to be. Because Chip even with a gun show loophole closing, what's going to happen? Register all guns. That's the next step. It has to be. More to come on Pat and Stew with Doc and Skip. could get elected president. I think it's actually possible now. And I say that based on Donald Trump's success. I mean, yeah, okay, you know, Donald Trump's a billionaire. I'm not taking anything away from the guy's been incredibly successful, knows business, knows, you know, some economics and whatever. Okay, great. But still, the fact that a guy that has 
some so many obvious failures when it comes to conservatism based on his, his past is able to woo that many people. And if you like him, that's great. That's your choice. I'm not bagging on you. But the fact that he's able to pull that off, Skip, says to me that cult of personality is so big in America that that's all it takes. No, I think you're absolutely right. And we've said the same thing about Donald Trump over, I mean, a year ago when Donald Trump announced his candidacy, too, I was one of those people coming out saying that, oh, come on, there's no chance he's going to actually be a legitimate candidate. He's just doing this for his own self-promotion. But you know what? We're a year later. We're getting down to the wire now. And he's still the leading option for the GOP. And as, it, as I see it right now, he obviously has the most clear path to the nomination. I don't see anybody else has a better shot than him. Here's the dirty little secret. It's pretty much always been cult of personality, at least in modern times. Bar- it has. That's how Barack Obama got elected. Exactly. Now you go, well, there's a big difference between, you're right, Barack Obama's education and experiences are going to outweigh, I mean, first of all, he had more, more time in office, very little, 183 days before he'd be in the Senate, but he was in the State House, so he had more experience, the guy's an attorney, the guy whatever, sure, but it still came down to his personality. You mean those knuckleheads out there were going, well, you know, when he was in the Illinois State House, he passed this piece of legislation, which I think would be strategic in moving America forward when it comes to, you know, global macro, macro No, they weren't saying that. He promised him free crap, <laughs> right? Hope and change, free crap. He looks good in a suit, talks a good game. That's what they do. George W. Bush, the same thing. This is what they do. It's cult of personality. That's the reason they show you their families and everything else. It's just becoming more and more obvious that that's what it's about. I mean, even on smaller elections... You mean to tell me these people know economic plans of everybody that's going on their council? No. No, you know what it is? I know Jimmy lives three doors down. Good guy. That's how it starts. And, of course, then they stay in office by paybacks and favors and all of this stuff. So if you look at the grand scheme of this, that even if it's always been cult of personality, but in the past at least we've masqueraded that with some experience. Well, he's been in the Senate. He's on the Foreign Relations Board or whatever it is. They masqueraded as that. The mask's off. Now it's just beat my chest and swing from the rafters and shout from the treetops. I got a reality show, whatever else. I got a big Instagram account. That's where we're going. So I think next it could be Kanye West at least making a good push for it. And you know what's next? Glozell. The chick with the green lipstick that, that bathes in Fruit Loops as part of a YouTube video. This is the next generation, YouTube celebrities. And then from there, I mean, we get President <clears throat> Dwayne Elizondo, Mountain Dew, uh, Dew Johnson. Yeah, that's the... Uh, yeah, idiocracy. That, yeah, that, that's a Camacho. Camacho, yeah. <laughs> Camacho, if you've seen it, idiocracy. That's the evolution of it. But no, it, it is that cult of personality too, and, and it, it's, it's the man of the people that Donald Trump has t- attempted to masquerade as too, of saying whatever the hell he wants to, whatever comes up to his mind as he's saying it, to be as brash as he can, to curse, to say those things that generally a politician isn't going to say, and that has been one of the biggest reasons that Donald Trump has been so successful and has garnered so much support, is that people are craving somebody different. People really do want a wrench into the, into the machine that is D.C. Kanye- Donald Trump will be that wrench, I think. Kanye West came out uh, a couple months back and said he wants to run for president in 2020. And then over the weekend, he, he did some things that you may think would exclude him, that would deep six any future presidential aspirations. I don't think so. I think this just makes him even more likely to be president. So the way I understand this, he appears on Saturday Night Live on Saturday night and performed a couple of new songs. Yeah. Okay. 
Those songs are due to be released, but they're not officially released yet, or are they out now? Here's the deal. His, his album has now been posted to a, a streaming website service called Tidal. Now, this website, I'm not exactly... T-I-D-A-L. T-I-D-A, like a Tidal wave. Okay. And um, as I understand it right now, you are able to go and, and subscribe to this Tidal service, and from there you're able to go ahead and stream the new music. Now, but my understanding... I'm a little confused how that works. Hang on a second. Um, how do I get the 8-track? Of it. it is it what I no, sign is, up on them? They no, mail it to there me. Is no actually, there's no eight tracks. So oh, they moved on to just cassette now. No, huh? that's not going to be available on cassette. Um, they will have. I mean, I do have a CD player. I'm a little confused by it. I'll, so. show, I'll show you after the show. So get a CD of it then yeah, from it, there. It will be pressed into CDs. My understanding hmm. is it's not available now if you go to like your local uh, uh, the Best Buy or a, a, a store to actually pick it up. But you are able to stream it through this title service. However, we have been getting reports that there are thousands of people that have signed up for this title subscription service, have requested download of this CD, not gotten the download emailed customer support and customer support is not answering so there are huh. by report thousands of people who have paid for this cd for this streaming service and have not gotten it now kanye also said that he was originally going to release it i believe this week but based off of response on title or whatever or to give people more opportunity he's pushed back the official release which i'm assuming is the actual pressing of the cds uh, until next week okay so he has his album coming out and goes on Saturday Night Live. They talk about it. Kim tweets out, you got to, what's the album? Something Pablo or something? Uh, like support Pablo or basically, yeah, something the, like the that. The long road of Pablo something. Yeah, supported by it, whatever. That's all fine. That's what he does. Great. Then he starts this massive Twittering. I don't know if he was up drunk or stoned or what it was. Starts tweeting like crazy and said some pretty wild things. Like he's in debt $53 million. And he needs money. Then he tweets out, I'm practicing my Grammy speech. I'm not going to the Grammys unless they promise me album of the year. Okay, hold on. Now, does Kanye not realize that's not how it works? He's saying that he's not going to the, go to the Grammy Awards unless before the Grammys he's given the assurance that he's going to win album of the year. You know what I'd do if I was the Grammys? Tell him he's going to win album of the year. <laughs> and then give, it to, then give it to Beck. <laughs> no, Taylor Swift. Yeah. You gotta give it to, does she even have an album out this year? I don't know. doesn't matter. Say it's album of the year anyways, just to tick him off. Here it is. You go, all right, Kanye, listen, you know. You know we can't tell anybody else that you're getting this, right? It's you. But it's you. It's We're going to give this thing to you. So we want you to styling and profiling, right? We want you ready. You're going to do all this stuff. We're going to put you in the front row. We'll have you perform. We're going to do something unprecedented. As soon as you're up there, you're going to come out. I mean, just promise him the move. Tell you what, you can host it, too, even. You'll be the host <laughs> and exactly. album of the year. You It'll be huge. Come on, Kanye. It'll be huge. You lay the whole thing out there like this, and you're like... And it goes to Taylor Swift. Now, imagine the look on Kanye's face as he's reading the only thing. And album of the year goes to... And he's, like, and he's like this. Oh, it's not me. That would just be... That would be the best. Just tell him at Grammys. Mess with him, would you? So, yeah, he says he's not going there. And continue to say he's $53 million in debt. He wants Mark Zuckerberg to come up with a billion dollars for him. For what reason? Yeah, he's tweeted to both Mark Zuckerberg and the co-founder of, uh, of Google, Larry Page. And he is asking for a billion dollars. He says he wants a billion dollars to help do his amazing Kanye things. He had said things like, I'm the new Walt Disney. I make dope S. 
and he Password. wants to level up. So, uh, yeah, he's $53 million in debt, despite the fact that he has his clothing line that he's just released. Had a huge show at Madison Square Garden to debut. He's got his uh, Air Yeezys, and it's an, an Adidas shoe, which by all accounts have been doing very well. They sell for like $300 a pop. Wait, he's, sell, he's got shoes that sell $300 each, and he's $53 million in debt? And they actually sell. People go out and buy these. And okay, hideous. I see a serious flaw in your business model here. Yeah, they're absolutely hideous. <laughs> I mean, the only successful business model, that only works for government. That's the only place you get away with that. Yeah. So in part of some of these rants, too, you tweeted to, uh, to Mark Zuckerberg saying, hey, I know it's your birthday today, but can you go ahead and give me a call tomorrow? You think Mark's going to pick up the phone there? I'm guessing not. You know, there's another inherent fail with this. Is Kanye that? West is on Twitter mm -hmm. asking Mark Zuckerberg for money. Now, Mark Zuckerberg, who is Mark Zuckerberg? Ah, some guy has some... Uh Little website so, or something. See, that little website he has is Facebook, which ah. is the largest social media mm -hmm. website in the world. And Kanye goes on the direct competitor, the second largest, Twitter, asking Mark Zuckerberg for help. Now, if there was a better use of that, <laughs> don't you think he would have maybe, uh, maybe poked Mark Zuckerberg on Facebook? Yeah. Posted on his wall? <clears throat> Maybe liked and made a little comment on something. <laughs> no, he's tweeting about it. Well, Mark Zuckerberg does have a Twitter account, although it's not verified by all accounts. It is his Twitter account. Yeah, yeah he, he doesn't use it. His last tweet, wow. I think, was in 2013. So it's not like Mark Zuckerberg isn't going to hear about this, but that's the venue you go to to try to get a message to him. And he's asked all of his followers to retweet and like and support and try to get this message to Mark. So Mark will see it. So somehow Mark Zuckerberg, with his, one, of the, uh, one of the richest men in the world, has, I think, $43, 47000000000 billion, saying, maybe help me out. Give me a billion dollars to help do my things. You know, if I'm Mark Zuckerberg, I say, tell you what, Kanye, I can hook you up with that billion dollars if you win Grammy of the Year. Album of the Year, then I'll give you the billion. <laughs> <laughs> Not until I, then, though. Kanye's, no, no, I'm in. I've already heard. I've got it. Okay. I'll be watching. Some more tweets from Connie. When he starts getting to some really weird angle points, I actually talked about some of his listeners saying things like, you all love hip-hop. You're listening to my stuff. I mean, I'm your favorite artist. You watch me barely breathe and still play my album in your house. Now, I don't know if he's specifically referring to Mark Zuckerberg here, saying that you love my hip-hop, you love my art, and while you're playing my jams, I'm barely able to keep my head above water. You know, I'm thinking some of the ways that Mark might be able to, I'm sorry, that Kanye might be able to help keep himself above water and that's um maybe next time when you get wedding you don't have in the golden throne toilet uh, uh, uh hoisted up a mountain for your wedding he spent a hundred thousand dollars on flowers for his wedding this was one of the most expensive weddings that the world has ever seen yeah the kim kardashian and kanye west they got married a few years ago a couple years ago in um in italy and they did it on the side of a mountain at a this famous resort or um, um, facility, and they have to have everything hoisted up there because on the side of a mountain, including a like 200-foot marble table or something that was a part of it. And as Skip said, a golden toilet. Essentially, it is a a fancy porta potty. Parts <laughs> of it actually made of gold. The rest of it just gold in color. And it was located, it was positioned right next to the dinner table where everybody dined. So. You're, you're downwind from the golden Kim Kardashian Kanye West toilet, porta potty. They have uh, statues that they, they brought up the side of the mountain. It, take, it took like four or five days for them to bring all this stuff up there. They hoist up there with the crane. Some of them get broken or not positioned right, so Kanye says, get rid of all those things, take them down. They also had uh, lights that they hoisted up and strategically positioned to do mood lighting. And the whole venue, it took him four days to do this. And just before the wedding, he comes out and goes, get rid of all those lights. I'm the only one people need to see. I'm the star of this thing. All eyes on me.
This was the wedding. They spent millions upon millions of dollars on this wedding, and now he's saying he's $53 million in debt, and somebody else should pay him money, bail him out, essentially, based on ideas that he has. If you had these ideas, why wouldn't you do them yourself? Let's look at some of his other ideas. The shoes, the clothing line, the music. Why are you $53 million in debt? Either your ideas are flawed or you're wasting money. It's either a, a bad business model, you don't know what you're doing as far as business goes, or your ideas are flawed. Either way, why would I give you a billion dollars? Yeah, another crazy angle with this as we bring in the next tweet from Kanye, too, is he's saying that he's the next generation's Disney, that he wants to bring dope S to the world. But I want to point out, if you look at the bottom there, look at the number of retweets and likes that this has. This is the audience that Kanye is tweeting to, and a tweet like that where he is spouting to be the next generation's Disney has over 17,000 retweets, 26,000 people clicked like on that. So he does have a message out there that he's able to, to uh, gain and get more notoriety for, for nothing. I only tweeted it so other people would see how ridiculous he is. Remember, retweets, you know, that doesn't mean I agree with them. I just reached so other people could see how crazy he is. Some more tweets from Kanye saying that he does not have enough resources to create what he really can. See, you mean, you mean 200 million in debt? See, if Is that only, what he's trying to create? If Even only he debt? had sold those Yeezys for like four or five hundred dollars a ah, pop, mm -hmm. maybe he would be able to have enough money to actually create the dope Disney S that he wants to create. What a bunch of nonsense. I think he could get elected. And you know what? In some ways it makes sense, Skip. I think he may be the perfect politician. Here's a guy with either failed ideas or failed business sense. He can't succeed himself as far as making money goes, is in massive debt and wants other people to give him stuff. That's the perfect politician. Isn't that the model even for the president's or Republican candidates for president? No. This is what they're seeing. If you, in fact, you go back through and look at congressional uh, Democrats, senators, past, many of them have failed business models. Most of them do not know what they're doing. They just want to raise taxes when their ideas fail in government. This is perfect. He's a shoe-in. I don't even know why people would object to it. And with a really interesting strategy to try to kind of get Mark Zuckerberg's attention and try to get some money, his next tweet followed that uh, you'd rather open up one school in Africa like you really helped the country. This, of course, I think, Wait a uh, minute. Mark has Wait been, a Mark's minute. been opening up schools in Africa. Wait a Man, minute. Man, you open up one school in Africa like you really help out the country. Give me a billion dollars instead so I can create sunglasses that I'll sell for more. I did not see that. Okay. As opposed to all the kids in Africa, if you really want to help, help me. Mark, if you really want to help the world, you know what you should do? Don't open up schools in Africa or donate money for, for AIDS research. Give your, give your money to Kanye West. Are you kidding me? He said, oh, how many people do they help in Africa? How many people at school help? But help me? Are you... Is this a gag? Is this just call, Dude, like I don't know. creating a character part, or what? Part of me wonders that. Part because Kanye is historically such an ass, such a narcissist, so self-centered that it almost seems unreal at this point. I, I I don't know. I don't know if Kanye West is more of a character or if this is really him, but crazy. I think it is likely. Um, I think he's serious about this. I mean, he is the narcissist. Yeah, he creates a character, but I think this is likely something that that he really believes uh, he might have been using 
he was likely drunk or, or using something else. I mean, that many tweets in a row, you're frustrated. You just put oh, yeah. There. Oh, he does go on these, these Twitter rants uh, <laughs> quite often, actually. Another tweet he says he's going to promise us to make the world dope. He says all he does is make S dope. Hashtag facts. If all you do is make things dope and are so successful, again, how are you $53 million in debt? It doesn't make any sense. Wow. Just absolutely crazy. Troubling. I mean, did he really think that, does he really think that Zuckerberg's going to be like, wait a minute, I didn't know that he makes S dope. Hold on a second. Where have I been? Did anybody know that, that Kanye makes S dope? How come he isn't in front of me now? You know what? A billion's not enough, Kanye. Imagine the dope S that he could make if I give him $10 billion. Here's, here's the craziest thing. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that Mark Zuckerberg writes him a check. I don't know if it's going to be for a billion dollars, but I would not be surprised if Mark gives him some money. That's a really good point. That is a great point. Time to tell you about a great company called Go. I absolutely love the idea of solar energy as long as it's done properly. Solar energy is now affordable thanks to Go. And if you want to increase the value of your home and save money at the same time, Go can help you. Installed for $0 out of pocket, you'll save 20 to 30% on what you're currently paying to power your home. Over 60,000 satisfied customers, best warranty in the industry, Think Go. They are one of the biggest residential solar companies in America with over 60 local offices, so you never need to worry about customer service or maintenance. Find out if Go is available in your area. Go to GoSolarWithTheBlaze.com. That's GoSolarWithTheBlaze.com. There's, uh, of course, a home warranty available, and it's certainly affordable. Just go to GoSolarWithTheBlaze.com. Doc and Skip in for Pat and Stu today. I'm going to be pinch hitting on Glenn Beck's television program later today. I hope you join me for that. We're going to run down some specifics of what Bernie Sanders' plan would actually be like for America. Um, Aside from just really, really, really bad? Well, we know bad, but we're going to give you the, the info you need because there are some X's and O's with this thing. You need to know the facts and understand why. It's not just a philosophical fail. The philosophical is based on... Some, sp some specific numbers that you need to have. So we're going to have somebody from the Cato Institute join us, and we'll lay out those numbers. You're going to give us like tips for like standing in bread lines and stuff like that. that. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to want heavy uh, drab colors with all of your clothing now. How to remember what day you can fill up for gas, things of those natures. What month you can month fill up for gas fill up is for probably gas. like that. Yeah, okay. something like that. Uh, some ideas of what it would be like under a Bernie Sanders administration if he actually could do the things that he promises to do, all of the free stuff he has to hand out. Uh, on Facebook and Twitter, Skip and I are pretty aggressive. We'll, we'll tweet out and post a bunch of stuff, and we engage with people a whole lot. It's at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe on Twitter. And we, we debate people if they give us the business. And I've noticed something. You can post stuff about Donald Trump, and people will hate on you. They're like, Donald Trump supporter, or whatever, and they'll hate on you, go back and forth. The Ted Cruz stuff, you post stuff, and the Ted Cruz supporters, which Skip and I basically are, they'll hate on you as well. They don't want any talk of that. And this is true of all candidates and celebrities and everything. But when you post something about Bernie Sanders, these people melt down. They go absolutely crazy. I've never seen a network like this before. So what do I do? And I just keep dinging them with all kinds of memes, banging on this nutcase. An admitted socialist. Yeah, socialist. That's, a, that's, a way, that's a way forward. So we're going to lay down the specifics of it coming out the Glenn Beck program later today and then tell you the solutions 
Bernie makes great points. It's his solutions that are a fail. We'll do that later on today. In the meantime, if you have any thoughts on it, tweet at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. One of the things we know that's coming in the future, and it's coming faster than I think most people realize, is a major shift when it comes to jobs based on technology. Like never before in history are we going to see, we've already seen some of it, a shift in jobs where jobs will just not be available anymore. It's just, they're not going to be there. These jobs will be done by machines, by computers. Now, over the years, people have threatened this when it comes to factory automation, and we've seen some of that. The failure was to realize, though, that even though machines are doing those jobs, you need people to fix those machines and design those machines. And there may have been a net loss, but there's been a gain in some other. It hasn't been horrible. But we're now at this, this saturation point. We've got automated cars coming. By the end of this year, I think it was Saab or Volvo, one of them, maybe Volvo, that is going to offer driverless cars. There's already driverless cars on the street, fact, automated the new, cars. The new Tesla model actually has, with a recent <clears throat> update, the ability to do autonomous driving, too. It senses the, uh, the road lanes, too, can speed up, slow down. In fact, there was an Uber driver that posted a dash cam video of that technology he was using, uh, preventing an accident. Somebody cut right in front of him. He was not paying as alerted attention. Without him engaging it, the brake was engaged and the accident was avoided. That's not science fiction. That's not tomorrow. That's not 10 years it's ago. It's here. That's today. Yep, and Google has been driving these cars all over for a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. I think there were five states, if I remember, a couple months ago I saw a stat that there were five states that, has already, that have already authorized a special driver's license certificate for these cars because it's new technology. You are going to see that. I speculate that within the next 10 years, it will not be shocking anymore. In the next few years, you're going to be shocked by it. You'll be like, I was driving down the road, there's nobody driving, then I remember the driverless cars. Then it's going to become commonplace. Within 10 years, it'll be a 50-50 balance or whatever. And as soon as it happens, it's going to come faster and faster. My 17-month-old son will likely never learn to drive. My 13-year-old son will learn to drive and then have no need for it 10, 15 years down the road. It'll almost be akin to me and you looking at a video where they got out and cranked the front of the car. You know, We were like, wow, that's so weird they had to do that. And it just seems so foreign, same thing. Or horse and buggy, same thing. That's coming. But it's not just cars, it's everything that that touches. And it's jobs in factories. That they speculate that half of the jobs could be gone that we do right now. Well, and, and, in the next 20 or so years. And, and every industry is going to be affected. I mean, we've talked about manufacturing, we've talked about driving. First of all, driving is a huge industry, too, with tr trucks. If you start getting these semi-trucks that are able to give goods all across the country without people, huge loss of jobs there. Look at the service industry. Your, your McDonald's, your Burger King, already being replaced by little uh, uh, computer screens and iPads that you touch and order. Uh, think about when you check into your hotel next time, too. No need to have anybody at the front desk. You'll just have to check in right there. Right. We, we already do it. You go to McDonald's, you see automated stuff. You go into Sheets gas station, you push the food in. Now, there's still the worker bees making it, but eventually that'll be automated. It's just coming. Have you seen the machines? Um, there's a lot of them in, I think, uh, Japan. There's a handful of them in America, too, that make pizza for you right there. It's a vending machine that makes pizza fresh. They've got all of this stuff. And while we see it nibbling away, you say, oh, this little automated thing or this thing over here, every industry out there has people working on this stuff. So there will be tens of millions of jobs lost in the next 20, 30 years. What's going to happen? How are you going to make money? Well, what happened before we used to have jobs? Most of us don't remember that. We now work for, most of us work for somebody else. 
we, we work for somebody else, we provide a, a service or product or whatever, we work for them, they pay us money. But what happened before that? What happened before the Industrial Revolution? Most people did not have jobs working for somebody else, they worked for themselves, and that work was almost exclusively farming. You went out and said, I'm going to get food for my family by growing crops, raising livestock, or whatever. Because most of what you need after shelter in a home is something to eat. And then they would grow something and say, you know what, I really need an attorney on this thing or a doctor. I will pay them via barter system. You give me a service and I will give you rutabaga or whatever it was. My surplus corn that my family won't eat. Or they would sell that and be able to get a little bit of money to help actually uh, start commerce and trading things amongst themselves. So as scary as this all is with the loss of jobs, we have to start thinking that way. What it, are you prepared to grow your crops? Are you prepared to do this? Because that's likely what it's going to be. I don't know how sustainable it is if you don't have people making money at that point. If they, if they, can't, if they don't have a way to go out and make money to provide the, the things that they need to provide for, to, to buy things, what are they going to do? I mean, that is a tidal wave of bad coming. Now, the jobs that are going to be lost, some of them will be supplemented or you'll see some jobs created because you'll need people to fix those automation systems and everything else. But it will still be a net loss to the number of jobs that are available for people to go and do. So on top of all that, you also have, a, in many of these cases, a lesser experience, uneducated job that is being taken away. Where if you just went to high school or maybe you dropped out of high school, yeah, you can go a lot of times work down there and do a manual labor job or a service job, get a waiter or waitress job. You're not going to get rich, but you may, you know, be able to pay for yourself. Maybe get into a good place, work a lot of hours, and you can buy a couple of extra things. Those things are gone away. Those are going to be the first jobs to go. And who, who hurts worse in that scenario? Countries that have had all these jobs. Affluent countries. America's on the front line of a whole lot of pain with this. If you're somebody that's been living in the jungle in South America or something, and you don't have a lot anyway... Or a job, you're like, oh, people lost their jobs. Oh, well, I'm still going to go try to scavenger for some bananas today and, you know, hope I got something like that. Well, and aside from just, um, I mean, replacing <clears throat> the average jobs most Americans have, <clears throat> there's also going to be the potential for, for, for other industries, too, that we may not have been thinking of. I mean, think about policing. Where do you have, like, red light cameras, which are an autonomous way to go ahead and uh, enforce certain laws? I mean, how far away are something like RoboCop? Or aside from that, I mean, they're already talking about potential killer robots, too, that people will use Drones. for... Drones. They already have them with that. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, essentially, it's already there, too. Have you seen the, um, the drone that runs? It's like an animal. Have you seen that one? I've seen some of the... Yeah, it's like, like a, like a yeah. dog or a size of a big dog or something like that, and they're working on those. It's, it's all coming. So in order to prepare yourself, you're going to have to be educated. You're going to have to be one of the people that have those jobs that are not replaced, so a doctor or something like this. Um, and you're going to have to be a farmer. You're going to have to learn to do these things again. I, I actually think, and this is completely honest, I'm not trying to make a joke, that I actually do think that um, these types of robots and artificial intelligence will ultimately be the undoing of, of our society. That, At least in part. Uh, in terms of, what, mm -hmm. uh, call it the singularity or whatever, that um, artificial intelligence will, will begin to increase at a, at a rate so rapid that humans will not even be able to stop it. And that's, that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. It just keeps coming faster and faster and faster, and that's a little of the singularity like you mentioned um, as well. It's, uh, it's like some bizarre futuristic movie you know, with a post-apocalyptic or something, which I would even say, okay, you're worried about too much. I mean, 
we've always survived, we'll do some things. And, and, and that sounds right. crazy and futuristic, <clears throat> I know, that sounds like science fiction. Right, but it's coming, we know that. And I, like I said, I would even have an optimistic feeling saying, well, we'll survive, we'll get through this. If we had people who understood these things, but we just laid out how you have the selfish people that, that back, you know, the cult of personalities, gimme, gimme, gimme. So you have this many freeloaders who do not get capitalism, are not willing to work for this stuff, have this gimme attitude, and the robots taking over. There's only one way they're going to learn, and that's pain. But if that pain comes too late where you can't turn things around, well, that's game over. That's, that's pretty scary. Uh, we'll try to get some of your calls coming up, too. one 800 beck That's 888-727-BECK uh, as well. Also, you can tweet the show. It's at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. All right, more to come. Doc and Skip in for Pat and Stu. Technically, you could say it's, it's accurate, but it's still just so stupid. Okay, Will Smith called his son Jaden's wearing a dress a fearless form of artistic expression. Yeah, it's fearless. Jaden goes out there wearing a, wearing a dress. He's fearless. <laughs> fearless artistic expression. Look at that. Him on the right there. He's fearless wearing the dress. Okay, um, I guess... Technically, okay, is it artistic expression, Skip? Uh, Could it be called that? Sure, I'll give you that. Okay. It's artistic expression. Is it fearless? Um, I'd, say, I'd even say it's fearless, sure. Listen. I mean, that, I don't see fear in his face there. Is there any fear in that face? Do you see fear in his face? No, I don't see fear. I don't see, that's fearless. And by the way, in the circles I run, that would be fearless. Because you're going to get a beat down. <laughs> yeah. And by that, I mean around here, the crew would just start yeah, beating the snot be, out of me. That's a, not good. My home growing up, yeah, that'd be a try. No, I'm serious. Uh, you want to wear it fine. And technically, Will saying that, first of all, you're going to get your kids back on this stuff, right? Usually of course. You're gonna, I mean, he's not going to come out and say, what the hell are you doing, son? It's ridiculous that my son's out there being uh, wearing a dress. Right. So, um, fearless expression. Okay. It's also... Stupid, nutty, well, well, he, ugly, I'll give you that. Well, and here's the reason for it. Here's how it all lays out. The 17-year-old Jaden Smith was just announced as the new face of fashion for Louis Vuitton's spring-summer 2016 women's collection. Yes, Jaden Smith, <clears throat> the male, is the face of the Louis Vuitton spring-summer 2016 women's collection. Shortly um, after he was announced that these photos were released and he appeared um, um, in this photo shoot. <laughs> Uh, where is now? Where's where is, now on this? What do you, where is now? You've got a male model. Oh, the, the women organization? Taking the job of a wow. woman, right? It's okay, though, because he's only getting 73 cents of what a man would make. So. Oh, that's good, then. That's they're, okay. They're paying in the female mm -hmm. rate, though, all right? I just don't think he has the body for it. Um, he doesn't have the legs for it. What are you doing? You're getting his skinny little scrawny like most of those models. Yeah, that's not looking good on him. You, gotta have, you have a little something going there, don't you? <laughs> Oh, that's, that's horrible. Yeah, um, uh, Will Smith did an interview with the BBC saying that his son Jaden is uh, he's an artist comfortable with doing things that most people would disagree with. Do you, uh, do you agree with that? I do think, he, well, first of all, artist. I'm having trouble with that. Artistic <laughs> expression, I will give you, that he's acting in what he believes is artistic expression. Artist, I think that's a bit of a stretch for me. I mean, he was in a movie with Will. Was he? Artist? Yeah, he oh, did, yeah. Wasn't he was a kid. Be wasn't Beyond he? Earth or After Earth or something like that. Wasn't yeah. that what it's called? I 
something like yeah, that. Okay, yeah, okay, so uh, that was pretty much a flop for him. Artist is a bit of a stretch. How is he an artist being a model? Are models artists? Yeah, I don't know. Well, he also, I think, has done some music. And, oh, his Twitter feed alone, that is some artistic expression. Jaden is well known for having some of the most asinine, confusing, doesn't make sense comments, things to, and I'm making this up, but if the moon were to bleed, do you really see it smile? Like, he yeah. thinks these deep type questions that make no sense. Right, it's, uh, it's, when I read it, I go, okay, I know what all these words are, I just don't know what they are put together this way, it doesn't make any sense. It's kind of like listening to Jay Severin on the radio. Okay, I'll give you that. Now, I, I understand right, basically right. what mm -hmm, all the words mm -hmm, mean, but mm -hmm. once you start stringing them together, they, they start making less sense. Yeah, the difference is Jay's actually make sense if you're intelligent. Yes. You and I don't understand it because we're not, so, but, uh, uh, Will Smith's son, Jaden Smith. Can I still say son? Is that still accurate? Yes, how did, he's how now he's identify? identifying. Yeah. Do we he, know how he identifies? Well, when he's in the photo shoot, he's identifying as a, as a male-female model. Okay. But, but I think, generally speaking, as, in terms of Will Smith's son, he still identifies. How ridiculous he looks. Why, uh, how is this? How do you get a job for this? You know you get a job for this because your parents are famous. That's all it is. And Louis Vuitton... First of all, why the hell are people spending hundreds of dollars on a stupid wallet and a purse and this crap? Because it's got the little LV on it, man. And does, does Jason nice Smith help this or hurt sales of Louis Vuitton stuff? Um, honestly, he'll probably help. Dude, you were going to probably see this actually be a trend where Jaden inspires, at least to some degree, men going out there wearing Louis Vuitton dresses and Louis Vuitton leather jackets. I mean, is it going to be a widespread sweeping the nation, everybody's doing it? No, probably not. But yes, I mean, these types of things often do form fashion, and you are going to now see, I'm sure some of the other designers, too, are going to get into the more effeminate dress on men or men wearing clothing that is uh, designed for a woman. I'm going to call him Louis. Louis? Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton? Absolutely. I'm okay with that. I mean, you're stuffy. Things are expensive. Why would you dumb it down to Louis? Mm. Hey, Louis. I got a fashion that's Louis. It's there you French. go, Louis. Come it's on. French, though. It's doing the French thing. Okay, it's stupid. Uh, so Will Smith this. continued, there's a very powerful internal quality as an artist, and as parents, we need to encourage it. You've got to get out on the edge. You've got to be comfortable doing things that you could fail. Which explains why Will Smith did Wild Wild West back <laughs> Exactly. In the day. Yeah, you got to do things that you know are going to fail. Maybe he knew Wild Wild West was going to fail. That's a, that's a good point. That's a... Uh, he said that Jaden is 100% fearless. He'll do anything. As a parent, it's scary. It's really frightening, but he's completely willing to live and die by his own artistic decisions, and he doesn't concern himself with what people think. Doc Thompson, uh, okay. um, He too... doesn't care what people think, mm -hmm. Doc. Too much money. He has too much money. Seriously, that's what it comes down to. The kid has lived in the lap of luxury. It's too much money. That's the reason he's fearless. He doesn't have to worry about screwing this up and people laughing because I got a warm bed to go home to and a full belly. I mean, you have fear of this stuff when... Plus all the daddy's fresh prince money. Right, exactly. That's what it is. When it's your ass riding on this stuff, when you have to go out there and make it, you have people that are like, they won't even say anything to their boss, even if they're wrong, because I might lose my job on this thing. He, He's wearing a dress, for Pete's sake. Here's, here's ultimately my question. Obviously, Will Smith's <laughs> going to come out and defend his son, saying glowingly it's his own artistic uh, expression. Uh, I think it's great. He lives out there, live and die by his own thing. Who do you think that Will Smith is more trying to convince that this is okay? The people out there or himself? Um, I think he's just a goof. Seriously, this kid doesn't have enough worries in life and goes out there and it's just screwing so around stuff. Jaden, yeah. Yeah, but Will, who do you think oh, Will oh, is? Oh, uh, who Will... is Will trying to convince that, oh, it's just artistic expression. I'm really proud of him. Is he, is he trying to quelch the, uh, the haters out there or is he trying to make himself feel better? He's trying to make himself feel better as a father, a masculine father. 
who has been an action star at times, see his son in a dress. Uh, well, he's still got Willow. Oh, that's not, good. that's not good. Hey, take a look at this picture again. Look at this closely. Let's bring this up on the screen. Again, that's uh, Will Smith's son on the right, Jaden. Look at the other chicks in it. Whoa, is the one on the left a dude, too? Uh, uh, look at the other ones, then. Are they all dudes? I think they may be. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I think you're right. The chick in the white. Oh, that makes it so much freakier now. Now, look at the chick in the white, second from the left in the long vertical yeah, stripes. Yeah, that's a dude, too. May have breasticles. It's a thin model, so it's hard to tell. Looks like could be breasticles. Um, the one on the left could have the Michelle Obama bulge going. Cheekbones, you're right. Dude, I think they're all the dudes. The one, the second one from the right, could, I think those are all dudes. That's his posse. Wow. That's his gang. I mean, <laughs> if, if you thought that the Jets and the Sharks were a little bit gay, wait till you see Louis Vuitton's 2016 summer line. Imagine them going out. Dude, they need to choreograph These the These people dance. are going to get their ass kicked we by the Jets and Sharks. We need to get the, the Tommy Hilfiger guys out there for an old-fashioned rumble, bust out their compacts and powder each other's noses. <laughs> you want to dress in a dress and you're a dude, I got no problem with it. It's fine. It's a whole cross-dressing thing. It's the whole transgender thing. Listen, here's what it comes down to. You want to dress in a dress, so be it. You're gay, you want to be gay, fine. That's on you. If it's wrong, ultimately you'll have to explain it to your maker and justify it there. You don't necessarily have to make it like it is the mainstream and normal. It's not. You don't have to be discriminated against, and you shouldn't be. But it's okay to laugh at this stuff because it's different and it's weird, and we all know this is just stupid. Ultimately, it's stupid. Louis Vuitton, you're picking a, ma a male. In today's progressive world, on top of it, where women supposedly don't have the jobs and you're going to give it to a male, the reason everything seems out of control, that even the crazy stuff, you can't, you can't even get a consistency with the crazy people, is because we've reached that full saturation of political correctness and progressive agenda. Or does this actually make a, a okay with the progressives because it, it <coughs> knocks the men down a pedestal, putting them in women's clothing, trying to, trying to emasculate hmm. the men? Does that provide, uh, provide cover for the fact that these men okay. got hired instead of a woman? Actually, it's probably a net gain for the progressives, and here's why. I think you're right. Number one, Will Smith and Jaden Smith, black, right? Um, number two, he's young. Jaden Smith is young, so you got a whole ageism thing going there, right? 17. And the rise of the millennials and the younger generation. Um, it does break down the barrier between genders, and it goes along with the whole how you self-identify. Um, the only thing that goes against the progressive stuff is taking the woman's job. Yep, net gain for the progressives. That's probably what this is. Absolute bearded Spock world. Let me is, ask you though: is there, is there a machine that could take his job? Uh, Jaden. Jaden Smith. Yeah. If we get that, then I'm okay with it. That's like good. A, like a fembot of some sort. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just uh, just insane though. Um, yeah. Jaden Smith, the new face of Louis Vuitton's line. Now, is this is this an indication that Louis Vuitton is is targeting transgenders by chance? I mean, men in female clothing. Is that a market that they're trying to? Expand and I again, think, I, I'm asking because I'm curious. I don't know. I would think that this shows that they're targeting the the stupid is what I think. They're no, really but, going after the, no, the needy, ignorant, <laughs> stupid idiot uh, right in there. You know what? We're doing well with educated people. Here's the moron class. We need to do well with them. But but no, I mean truly, I mean from their perspective, when they were sitting in their boardroom, 
What was their what was their thought? Okay. You want to know seriously what it no, is? No, I really am curious. This is the same thing that younger clothing stores like uh, give me some of the uh, Express. Uh, or, uh, uh, what's the one with the two name? Uh, that's, that's the one um, that they do with this. They try to be edgy because it gets attention. Number one, we know that. Number two, they play the progressive card because all. Often, the progressive card is the younger card. They start blurring the lines. They come out with these things because younger generations are usually more progressive. Now, you get out into the world and you start realizing how things work, then you start becoming a little more libertarian or conservative with mm -hmm. this stuff. That's what it comes down to. They're trying to be edgy for edgy's sake, and they're also trying to target the young. That's what it comes down to. It's not necessarily targeting transgender or cross. Those lines have already become blurred. Well, it, it did get Louis Vuitton mentioned on the Blaze Radio Network, which I'm sure Glenn has never, ever talked about Louis Vuitton. That's a good point. That's a good point. Point that out. All right, we're going to break in. It's Doc Thompson at Skip Lacombe in for Pat and Stu. Uh, we got a trouble, trouble on college campuses over oh, proper God. pronoun use. What now? Okay, well, we were talking about Jaden Smith and how he self-identifies. And as far as we know, he still self-identifies as a dude, which would be he and him uh, versus he and her. The problem is today's world, we're not limited to those pronouns or even they um, or it or them. It's uh, certain other pronouns. In today's world... You get to pick your pronoun, even if it's not a word that actually exists. You can make one up. I prefer to be identified with the pronoun widget. Widget? Widget, yeah, when referring to me. Widget and widgetette. That's what I prefer. They just make up words. You've got Z and Zim. You've got all of these different levels of crazy sexuality, which is fine if you want to do that. Why is the pressure on me to know how you're identified? It's hard enough for me to remember people's names. I'm getting old. I can't remember names, and now I got to remember your. Okay, that's uh, that's Chance, and he identifies with the pronouns Widget and they, and I can't. I can't remember all of those. Which, by the way, it took him three years to remember Chance's name. By the way. Yes, Chance. I got it. All right, Chance. No, I can't remember today. And see, that's the thing too. Is I think oftentimes <laughs> when people get into trouble for for using the wrong pronoun. Generally speaking, it's not in terms of a spiteful way. These people aren't trying to hurt their feelings. I think most of the time, it truly comes from a misunderstanding. <clears throat> yeah, what you've got is Vassar College, a school newspaper there, is saying one of the professors on campus is in trouble because they refused to use the proper pronouns that one of the students, or other many students, uh, wanted to be called by. And in some cases, these colleges, actually the professors, will have a rundown of names, like you would normally have. Okay, Skip Lacombe. President, okay, yeah, president, for the whatever. roll call. Uh, and he prefers, I'm sorry, Skip prefers Z. to be, Z. Z, Z prefers, prefers to be identified with Z and Zim. And they have to have this. And it's different, potentially, for everybody in the class. So in addition to their names, you've got to go, yes, would you give this to, Skip prefers Zim, Zim over there, Z, Z wants it. But the, the professor didn't do that. Yeah, and apparently this, the professor had continually the entire semester long used the wrong pronoun, apparently even after being corrected by other classmates that that's not the pronoun that they want to use. And uh, this has now become um, an issue. 
what is the purpose, or what was the professor's argument there? I know what my argument is. My argument is, I don't have time for this nonsense. It doesn't matter. See, you're coming here to learn on top of it. You're lucky I even have your name. It should just be Red Dude. Dude wearing the red today. Sit the hell down and shut up. And, and when it comes to your grades, okay, I've got your paper here, right? I've graded it, so whatever you are, student 457, that's all you need. It doesn't matter. This is not supposed to be a social engagement. You're there for a reason, to learn. And the same thing at work. While I don't want to create a hostile environment, none of this really matters. So what was the argument that the professor gave? Why did they, do we know what the argument was? Um, I actually don't know the statement from the, from the um, uh, teacher themselves, but the, uh, the student did continue. This has all been uh, reported in the local paper, said that they recalled a specific instance in which the, the, uh, the students and teacher were discussing um, this person's performance in a play, and the, uh, the, the teacher proclaimed, boldly put a male in a dress despite the fact that the student had openly said they do not identify as a male. That was a particularly troubling instance in which this person felt that it was uh, an example of trans-misogynistic um, ideas from the teacher. All right. Trans-misogynistic is now a phrase as well. Here it is. Okay, here it is. Number one, do I not have time to remember how you self-identify? You know what? I'll treat you well. You treat me well. Just I don't want to offend anybody. Let's just move on, okay? But I also don't have time to be worried that you have misidentified me. Listen, if you don't remember my name around here, that's fine. Guy in the blue sweater, get over here. I got to put the mic on you, whatever. I don't care. I'm fine with that. I'm not offended by it. I don't have time to be offended. You know what I'm worried about? I'm worried about making money to feed my family. I'm worried about the robots coming in so I can keep feeding my family. <laughs> so I don't know if you notice or not, this job is not something people actually need. They don't need me here. I'm lucky I've got it in this this long. To worry about self-identifying as something else or that I'm offended if you don't get it or to worry about that. You're not prioritizing in life. There are some other things to be concerned about. I don't know if you know this or not. Although they already do have a talk show, Robots, as we see all over the country these days. No, patents do. Yeah, I'm exactly. just lucky that we could win a few days back from the robots. I mean, That's they're true. animatronic, right? I think so. And people know that, right? Did I didn't let the cat out of the bag? Right, is that, I mean, is Glenn that had them designed with the. Oh, jeez. Mm. Oh, the music's coming up. Oh. Okay, well we got to go. Um, well, we should be back tomorrow. Yeah. Tweet at us in the meantime at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip Lacombe. Okay.